Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. everybody and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright oh. over there in the squirrel shirt. It's vintage. It's Our, a classic. It's vintage. And I've had it so long. It's, it's starting, vintage podcast. It's starting to wear. Like it actually looks straight Yeah, up I see that. Like it's, it's pretty. Yeah. If, I were, if I were clever enough. I would get out my big camera and take a super high resolution picture of it as it is, and then Mm -hmm. isolate that photo and put that on another t-shirt. And it would just be a meta vintage over vintage over vintage thing. Yeah. That's that's what I would do. You should do that. (laughs) You know what? I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I don't even even know where the gear is to do that kind of thing anymore. Uh, How are you? You Feeling good? All right, we'll let that one go. Yeah, yes, I am. I'm feeling great. Me too. Mm -hmm. We have uh, a lot to talk about. Before we dig into specifics, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list, and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But if you really want to connect with us, join the ADHD Discord community. It's super easy to jump into the general community chat channel. You just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord, and you'll be whisked over to the general information login. If you're looking for a little more, though, particularly if this show has ever touched you or helped you understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting, and with a few dollars a month, you can help guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in our community. You do that by visiting patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. All of our tiers are there. Uh, You get access to the super secret channels in Discord for members only. You get access to uh, the placeholder podcast from yours truly. Very excited about an upcoming episode. Uh, And uh, just, it's really, really great. Not to mention the accountability sessions and, and happy hours with me and you and coaching with Nikki and coffee with Pete. I mean, it's just, there's a lot going on. You should go check it out. So there's a lot. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. of a lot going on, you have a thing. Do you want to do your thing or should I do my thing? I do. I, I have a thing and I'll make it quick 
and easy for people to follow. So uh, over at Take Control ADHD, I am offering the GPS membership. It is open right now. Enrollment is open. It closes on July 29th. If you happen to be listening to this podcast later and it's not anywhere near July and maybe it's like October, uh, do still check out the GPS membership and put yourself on the waiting list until it, and then we'll get back to you when it opens up again. Um, but the GPS membership is uh, a fantastic way to come together with other ADHDers who are looking for basically looking at how to put together a planning system. How do you figure out what's important? How do you know um, when you're going to work on things? How do you know how you're going to work on things? And so uh, these are all things that are really difficult for ADHDers. And I've put together this membership, worked very hard on it for the last year and a half. Uh, that includes all of the education and accountability and learning how to do this with myself and Sometimes Pete Wright is going to make show like it's his a very appearance special appearance from Pete Wright, yes, uh, and uh, and give you the time to practice and put together your systems during our actual sessions, which happen to be on Mondays and Thursdays. So please check it out, and if you have questions, let us know. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you in the next uh, GPS enrollment phase. <laughs> I think phase. that's what it's called. What phase, phase are we on? Open. We're in I don't phase know. 17. Like, is that even a thing? Like, open, like, uh, when yeah. it's open, like, open. it's open. Yeah, it's open. Open enrollment. It's like and insurance. If it's not open, There's open enrollment, and then yeah. the enrollment closes. And then yeah, it's closing. closing. And then it opens again. So that's why you want to put yourself well, on the wait list because it will I open again. Can I just say something about that? This is really important. Yeah. I've been reflecting on that this morning because I've been working on some other stuff for you. The, the whole idea with open and closed enrollment, that community, when you join with other people who are just joining for the first time, you build, there's, there's a certain cohesion that comes with that that's really, really mm -hmm. special, especially in an online community, especially when we're dealing with, you know, coming out of the pandemic and learning how to be social again. Like the, all of those things really matter. And so we take yes. that into consideration and we've been piloting this thing for a year. Like we kind of get yes. what the routines are like and, and we're just really excited now to, to share it. So if you're concerned that, oh, they're just selling us to, to rush us into the thing, that's not it at all. We really are trying to be methodical, mm -hmm. thoughtful about creating the most cohesive uh, community that we can by doing this stage. Right. So it'll come back again and you can join whenever, but yeah. just know when you join, you're joining with other people who are new and and you'll have something in common. You'll both be new. You'll yes. all be new. So that's that's absolutely. The uh, is it my turn? Can I talk about my thing? Yeah, it's so your turn. It. I get so excited about Text Expander because they're back. They've been, as you you've heard me talk about them before. They've been uh, advertisers with us uh, for the last six months, and they they emailed me and they said, you know what, Pete your community has responded to text expander. So we want to stay with you. We want to be with you guys, uh, you know, for, for another round. And so they're back. And that is just so heartwarming to me because I believe so strongly <laughs> in the power of this simple little tool. Uh, it is my favorite invisible tool in my tool chest. It is always there running in the background, just waiting for me to type an abbreviation or a snippet in text expander speak. And when it sees that snippet, it goes to work instantly expanding from just just a few characters on my keyboard to words, sentences, paragraphs, entire pages of text, even code. So first, a quick reminder of how it works. You store it 
you keep all of yours and, and you know, if you're on a team or your family's uh, most used emails, phrases, messages, URLs, everything in your text expander library. Then you expand it. Just going throughout your day, you type a few keys uh, for the abbreviation for your most important snippets, and they expand magically uh, in wherever you type text. And I mean wherever you type text, right? Messaging apps, uh, docs, uh, online, offline, everywhere. And then optionally, you can share it. If, uh, As I said, you have family, you have a team, your whole team can have access to the shared content, reducing errors, making sure your messages are consistent, the works. It's that easy. Now, I, I try when I talk about Text Expander to share a thing, a new thing that I'm doing with Text Expander on a given week. And uh I you know, I I have I have some I'm very excited about. But the one that has changed my use of Text Expander most dramatically, it took me almost 10 years to learn that it even existed. And that is mm -hmm. a magic key combination that activates Text Expander itself. Now, uh Nikki, go ahead, ask me. How many snippets do you have, Pete? How many snippets do you have, Pete? So many snippets, Nikki. I have 500 <laughs> snippets in my snippet library. Wow. And, like, you might ask, Pete, how do you Pete, remember all those snippets? How do you remember 500 plus snippets? That's the awesome thing about Text Expander, <laughs> Nikki. I don't even have to because of this magical key combination. That key combination, if you're on Windows, control right-leaning slash or forward slash, control forward slash. If you're on a Mac, command forward slash, right-leaning slash. When you hit that magical key combination, it opens a pop-up box, a search box, just for text expander. And all you have to do is type a few letters of whatever the snippet contains, and it will be there. Then you can just hit the hit the snippet and it expands, it goes to work. So you don't actually have to remember. I have 500 snippets. I remember a handful of them at best on any given day, the ones I use every day. And the rest of them, command forward slash. It is absolutely magical. And uh, man, did I carry around some shame for being an, a power user of Text Expander and not knowing about that amazing tool. So you should check it out. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, iPad. Uh, and for listeners of the ADHD podcast, you can get 20% off your first year of service. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Text Expander, and you will once again be whisked over to our page on their site where you can get started. Again, if you get started now, you'll save 20% off a year subscription. The way we work is changing rapidly. Make work work the way your brain works by saying more in less time and with less effort using Text Expander. Our great thanks to the Text Expander team for sponsoring the ADHD podcast. Nikki, today we are talking about after that intro, uh, somehow, if you haven't figured it out yet, we are talking we about ADHD and, and over talking. Oh God, we're doing great funny. so far we we're doing, doing awesome great uh where did this come from this came from uh actually our assistant uh over at uh our discord mom melissa yeah. uh had an idea because we're doing a theme right like our theme kind of in this this uh time <laughs> in july uh has been sort of around adhd symptoms right so last last week i can't even remember what we talked about last week what did we talk about? <laughs> Lying. <laughs> <laughs>
with Noreen. Noreen was here. Oh, that's right. See? Yeah. <laughs> I almost did a spit take. <laughs> All right. So, yes. Yeah, so, lying was last week. And yeah. guess what's going to be next week with Ari Techman? Memory. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about memory. Oh. oh boy, I can't wait to to talk to him about that because um, obviously mine is very poor. All of a sudden, uh, that means this whole engagement has to stay in the show. I could cut it out, but now I can't. No, oh no, you can't. You can't cut this out. Uh, yes. So Melissa's idea was, hey, another ADHD symptom is talking. Yes. Talking too much talking or talking too, too fast. And right. uh, and so that's where it came. And and we both said, hey, that's a great idea. And I know from a coaching perspective, it certainly is something that comes up with my clients. Uh, but I did want to do a little bit of research before we talked today, because, you know, some some topics we can just talk about and I don't need an outline. I don't need to do research. We can just talk. Right. Yeah. But this one kind of, I thought, oh, I got to, I got to read a little bit. I got to kind of see what's being said about this. Cause it just wasn't something that I felt totally comfortable with talking with you off the cuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. a lot of the information that we are going to talk to you about do come from other sources. This is not stuff that Pete and I just you know, came up with. Uh, and we will have all of those sources in our show notes. So all of the references to the articles that I looked at and everything will be there for you guys to review. But this is the thing, Pete. In my research, the one thing I couldn't find, and this is something that I want to ask our listeners to help me with, and we'll come back to this at the end of the show too, to remind people that I need help with this, is how do you tell someone that they may be talking too much or talking too fast without offending them? Mm. Did not find yeah. that in my yeah. research. So, Let's come back to that because I, I, yeah. I definitely have, have thoughts and I, I want to hear what, I'm going to give people time to simmer on that one too. Yes. Uh, especially in the chat room. Uh, yes. Because, yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, can I just say one thing about this just as a, as a setup? For me personally. Yes, of course. Do you do you think I talk too much? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing, because in my notes I said I don't think I do, but that's probably no. <laughs> why we're here. <laughs> I I and I say that to be funny and to put you off, like, you know, to yeah put you off your rocker or whatever. <laughs> like, no, um, I, I really don't think you talk too much. No, I don't. Okay. Well, th one, that's good to hear. Oh, see what happened there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't think I do. And, uh, I think, I think that's because I recognize it in when I see it in other people. And part of that is, is, you know, when you, when they say like, if you look around the room and you can't tell who's talking too much, it's probably you. Um, mm -hmm. That that I think actually holds up for this this conversation. But my challenge is, I think, adjacent and related, which is I do talk too much in my head when I'm in conversations with people. I'm going like crazy. And I call that right. I called it on the show. I call it fireworks brain. And it's usually a sign I'm not really paying attention to what people are saying. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm mm -hmm. I'm paying attention to the voice in my head and. Uh, so because mostly everything that I've been researching on over talking absolutely directly applies to me 
as long as it's in my head. The social part, like the way people react to me is a little bit different because it's related to how I am, uh, I, I'm, I'm perceived as, you know, talk, not talking too much. I'm not talking at all because I'm not paying attention to what's being said around me, but it's, right. it's, I'm not like offending people by not shutting up. I don't think we'll see. No, I'll stop talking now. You sure you don't have anything else to say? <laughs> oh boy, this is going to be a fun show. Um, okay. In my coaching experience, I notice it a lot in coaching groups, right? So it's not one-on-one because when I'm working with someone individually, that's part of the process is verbal processing. They, I want them to talk things out and organize the thoughts in their head and, and work through it with me. But I do notice in coaching groups, I get a lot of apologies. Like someone like, so for example, one of the things that we do in GPS at the very beginning is I ask everyone to share one success that they've had that week. And people will share their success. And some people are very concise about it. And some people will kind of talk a little bit more about it and, you know, give us the reference or whatever. And then they'll apologize. And they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I, I said too much, or I took too much time. And I see that, I think from my perspective, sometimes where I see uh, people fall into that is there, there's, there's a fear of being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. And so they want to over explain or they repeat themselves, you know, because they want to make sure that you hear all of the details and that you really understand. But if you think about it, it makes sense that this would happen with someone with ADHD, because it's hard to know what is what's going to be important to the listener when you don't even know what's important. And if you think about prioritizing tasks, it's hard to prioritize what to do next when you think everything is important and everything needs to be done at the same time. It's kind of the same thing with your thoughts, right? It just needs to get out. One thing I want to say is that with inattentive ADHD, that is a symptom of what you might think of as hyperactivity right, is that uh, people who talk a lot or talk fast can be a symptom of inattentive ADHD with that's where the little H is. Yeah. So that's why they changed the ADHD, ADD, like, because the 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 three different types of ADHD, one is the inattentive, one is the hyperactivity, and then there's a combination of both. So you can still see that as being a symptom. Well, that's I, that's what I was describing, like when I talk about fireworks brain, that's 100% right. my experience of it. I don't have the leg twitch. I don't have, you know, I do mm-hmm. fidget. I fidget the hell out of things, but I don't, I, I, I find the inattentive, the hyperactivity is internal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Where do we go? Where do we start? Uh, There are some things that we found out uh, in our research around what happens and why this happens. And so let's let's educate our listeners about this, because it was it it, actually I thought it really was fascinating. Over talking. ADHD years tend to experience a mindful of constant thoughts. Fireworks brain. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and regularly diverted by a waning focus. And then I think this is where the overtalking comes is where that impulsivity and hyperactivity, which we just explained. Right. Uh, in an effort to want to please people and feel included or accepted, ADHDers tend to overtalk in an effort to try to keep the conversation interesting and flowing. Mm-hmm. And I think this is interesting because silence to them feels like the enemy. So they're going to yeah. fill it. Yeah. Fill it with detail that doesn't matter. Fill it with with meaningless words, uh, you know, filler words. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Those kinds of things. Right. Uh, just to keep just to keep sound. Right. Going. Right. I wonder if that has something related to like needing to have like what what happens in that experience when there is silence and you're alone. For me, I always have to have something playing in the background. I don't do well I was well going to say, silence. yeah, I don't. And I wonder, again, I mean, we're not experts on this. So, but I wonder if that's why white noise yeah. also is recommended, you know, for Podcasts, ADHDers. audiobooks, like Yeah, anything that have some yeah. kind of background. Like silence is really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. It's also, you know, when we go back to strategies around homework I remember us talking about this and saying, you know, if your if your student is studying or they're working on something and they've got the TV on, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're watching the TV, but they like to have that stimulation. So right. it's something to definitely, definitely think about. Uh, so you had also talked about, well, you talked about this at the very beginning of our um, live stream when you were actually talking about your other podcast with the anxiety and how you went back and looked at, or you were thinking about it and you felt a lot of like regret or Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I shouldn't have whatever you were saying. So I'm curious from you, is that also going, can that also be applied to over talking like in general, like, yeah. You mean like saying things I regret in conversation live? Yeah. And then going back and thinking, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have said that or I did talk too much or I, I maybe I maybe said something inappropriate. This, or Yeah, this is the oversharing model, right? Like this is mm-hmm. this is when um, when you say things for some reason, your mouth isn't stopping or your mouth is ahead of your brain and you start saying things that maybe you shouldn't say because you are divulging something that's inappropriate about yourself or about other people or about, you know, the workplace or about something you did, um, something body, um, something, something, I just used the word body. I don't think I've said body in 15 (laughs) years. Hmm. Uh, Anyhow, uh, so you, you're saying something over and over and, Part of that is just not being able to get ahead of your thoughts. And I definitely have have experienced it. And um, part of part of why I think I have a better handle on it is uh, because I became a full time podcaster and I'm talking all day long. So by the time I get into social situations, I'm sort of tired. (laughs) Right, right. So I don't socialize that much as much anymore. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. I, I wonder, I, I wonder about that because I know those, those kinds of things are, you know, that, that plays into anxiety too. Like, Oh, know, for sure. Cause regrets. I can tell you from that angle, for sure. There are many conversations that I've had where I sit back and I think about it and like, Oh man, yeah, it, it could have gone a different way. It should have gone a different way. Uh, and that's where the RSD comes into, I think for people, right. Is feeling um, that, sensitivity of 
of not knowing what other people are thinking. Because I think that kind of is the root of a lot of it too, is that there's this fear, again, of are you being understood? Are you connecting with this person? Do they like what you're saying? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and like you said, you've got this fireworks brain and you want to connect with this person. And how do you connect with other people? You relate to them in some way. So then it, you know, you want to to talk about all of those things. It, it certainly makes sense. Um, the challenge is that you want to talk about all those things at once. Right, right. So I want you, Pete, to talk a little bit about the science behind all of this, because I can't pronounce <laughs> these words. So I saw this in our outline and yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, Pete's going to talk about these big words. Well, OK, let's see if we can let's see if we can muddle through it. Um, okay. It, the thalamus is the area of the brain that controls response inhibition, right? That is the thing, the gate that is sending these signals that allow or stop your behaviors like your mouth. And <laughs> so uh, your so gate is open. Your gate is open all the time, right? It's <laughs> okay. just, just wide open. Yeah. Uh, so the brain then detects a red flag, right? Oh my gosh, something's about to be said or done that you need to you need to respond to. It is the limbic hippocampal connection. Limbic hippocampal. <laughs> limbic. <laughs> every bite of that. connection. These The limbic hippocampal connections relay this warning from the thalamus to the frontal cortex, uh, which is the control center, right, and of, of the, the brain that handles emotional expression and problem solving and, and that kind of executive social interaction. Functions. Executive that's functioning, the, right? Yeah, that's where the right. executive function. So you can see, in. like I use that all the time. Mm. You know, my wife and I will have an experience with somebody out in the world and, and we both look at each other and said, missing a frontal cortex. Like you can just, you notice, <laughs> right, you right. notice that, that kind of stuff. So yeah. in ADHD brains, the thalamus gate is broken. So everything open. gets to flow, th throw th flow through it all the time because it doesn't open or close. It's just right. open. It's just broken on the hinges. Uh, and it becomes this sort of uninhibited, unchecked flow of, of whatever the brain has, whether there are red flags or not. So I remember, especially in my 20s, we had this friend of ours who was very upfront and we would sometimes say, yeah, he just doesn't have a filter. Yeah. That's just who he is. And well, that's kind of what this is, right? Yeah. Like well, and that's not why being I able say, to filter. That's why I use the I, I think the word broken is important because I I find I notice the red flags, right? I know they're yeah. there. And I I can think, like be cognitively aware and present that mm -hmm. something I'm about to say should not be said. But by the time that signal gets to my mouth the thing has already been late. said and the gate closes afterward. And when the gate closes afterward, that's the shame trigger for me, right? Yeah, right. Uh, that's regret because now I am seconds after the thing came out of my mouth, I realize I screwed up. I didn't stop soon enough and I get to feel shame at having done it. And so this is uh, from, from Joel Nigg uh, says that people without ADHD have this ability to stop midstream if they recognize a person is not smiling right? They can, mm. they can adjust, change course. The child with ADHD needs 20 to 30 milliseconds longer warning to correct course, which is an eternity when it comes to behavior control. Yes, it is. And also body stories. So it makes sense that what I like about this, not necessarily the information, but I hope that it gives people an understanding of what's happening. So if your child says something or you say something, 
it, you know, at least gives you some awareness of, of why it's happening. I think that's yeah. important. Um, well, and what is the trigger to the behavior, right? I talked about the, the shame response when the gate closes. Right. What, what happens, and I'll speak for myself, what happens when I start feeling that is I stop talking altogether. Right. You shut That's down the all or nothing response. Absolutely. So if, if as soon as I if I if I don't ever feel the shame, I could talk, you know, I could get myself going and talk in my brain all night. But yeah, once I once I do something stupid, I can feel shame about it and and stop talking at all and just feel bad. So I'm I, I I'm glad you said that, because as a parent of a teenager who has ADHD, it actually gives me an insight into what's probably happening with her yeah. is, you know, where, where she might shut down. So, um, I appreciate you saying that because I, I think those insights are important for us well, to understand other people. You know, it's funny ta having these kinds of conversations with my mom after my dad passed away, you know, six months ago, we're coming to a new understanding of his undiagnosed ADHD. And this was yeah. a huge part of it, the way yes. he would get going as a comedian in public. But that hyperactivity takes over the mouth and he doesn't recall or, or doesn't have the, the shame gate close after he says things. It's just his was broken wide open and was constantly, right. say, especially as he got older. I mean, he was constantly saying things mm -hmm. that that, um, you know, otherwise mm -hmm. might have been regretted. All right. So we're going to change gears a little bit and talk uh, about first, I'm going to talk about how I would approach this with a client, uh, what kinds of questions I would ask. And then we're going to go through. Uh, some of the challenges and solutions that we found, some ideas for people to to take away with and see if this might help you if you are one of these over talkers. <laughs> so <laughs> from a coach's perspective, um, there's, you know, what I'm trying to do is build uh, awareness. And so some of the questions that I would probably ask someone is the first of, first of all would be what makes you think that you talk too much and get them talking to me about where they might find themselves doing this. Uh, and I would also be interested in knowing what people have said to them in the past, because we often come up with our own limiting beliefs without really having evidence. And so I want to know, like, is this something that you think you do or is it something that you get asked or, you know, there's something that is said to you about it? So getting kind of more information around the background or around all of it and also understanding, are there any topics that tend to make you want to talk a lot about or a lot? And and these can be hot topics. Like, so, for example, if someone is really passionate about something or they believe in something really, you know, really strongly, that's going to be a trigger for them to really want to be understood and to be heard. Right. Right. And so that could be some somewhere where they get uh, locked in that cycle of over talking. Does okay. that make sense? Well, it, it does make sense. But since we're having a conversation about ADHD hyperactivity, can I share what just happened to me? Yes. Um, you said the words hot topic. <laughs> yes. And I stopped listening to you for a little bit because I yeah. immediately thought of the store hot topic and the store hot topic. We have one right down the street. And I got very excited about the store hot topic because it reminded me that hot topic had some weird stock issues going on a while ago. Did they go private? I should probably think about that some more and think about what happened with hot topic. Do you know who should really work at hot topic? Oh, my son, he would be great as a clerk at hot topic, but not if their business is failing. We should think about that. <laughs> like I, I went and then you said, does that make sense? 
cut to right now. And I I, I went on a journey with Hot Topic and that kind of happened. So, that, that's it. There, yeah. there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what I mean to say I appreciate is that. <laughs> I'm sure it makes sense, Nikki, because you're smart. Because I already have a job for my son <laughs> at Hot Topic. So not only do you make sense, I have uh, solved a really big problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. But you know what? That's what you have to, I mean, embrace it. Yeah. I mean, you have to just embrace your brain for that. Like there's, you know, that's great. And the yeah. thing is, is that if, if I was, um, if I was asking you a question and I had lost you, then all you would need to do is just clarify. Can you tell me again what you're asking me or what, you know, yeah, whatever. Say that again. Like, I want to make sure I understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's how you can kind of like backtrack like you were being very honest but yes. most people aren't going to tell other people about where their mind is going no of right? course and in so, the podcast i would have said yes and moved on to another question yes. that is ab- right in here and actually the yeah. question that i had five minutes ago before this whole distraction was what are the signals that you hear from people that you are coaching right. when they answer that question what makes you think you talk too much i'm curious what the consensus is of signals that people who struggle with overtalking are actually taking in because my hunch is there is a a part of that pie graph that doesn't actually get the signals that they're overtalking that can't process those signals, like the read the room signals. Well, that's exactly right. And so that's why I have to ask those questions. Yeah. Because I don't know what what they're getting, what what they're seeing and what they're not seeing. But the other thing is, is I'm not in the conversation. So I don't know what the other person yeah. is thinking or but feeling. But do they report? Do they say, well, people are looking at me funny or people start conversations on their own and move away from me or, you know. It's never really that concrete, yeah. no. Yeah, and and so. that's why I think it's important that we ask like what what that question like what have people said to you or what do you notice like why do you feel this way because it's never concrete it's yeah. never this like this person I shouldn't say never but I don't I don't usually get an example sure it, it's something that they have really taken in as a story that they believe and you know to be fair. They may they may talk too much. I don't know. So that's why we have to kind of figure out why do you think it's a problem? And yeah. then, yeah. you know, what, you know, maybe let's let's get specific. And so in coaching, I would really try to get them to make an example, like tell me a time where you felt regret afterwards. And if you were able to do that conversation over again, what would you do differently? And, you know, I also think it's important to, find out how much attention have you put on this communication skill? Because one of the things you said earlier, Pete, is you said you have paid attention to it. And, and it, so if it's something that's bothering you, if it's something that you feel like, gosh, I really want to get better at this because I think it's happening too often, then we need to also kind of figure out you know, what are you willing to try? And that's what we're, that's where the strategies and stuff will come in where we'll talk about that. But, um, you know, you got to think about what you're willing to try, but I also want people to think, and I don't know the answer to this, but how will you know if you're talking the right amount in a conversation? Like, what does that even look like? Right. Yeah. What does that look? One of the, one of the resources that we pulled up, that'll, the link will be in the show notes. Uh, the, the writer with ADHD had a, a, a comment that said, pretend you're a ghost and you're at a seance. 
whatever you say will not be listened to. So wait until you are invited to speak to say something. Like pretend you really are a ghost. And and it's it it's a little bit more gamification than speak when spoken to, which is dismissive. Right. Um, but it's it's more of the game of okay. If I practice this skill, if I speak when my name is spoken, then maybe what I have to say will be heard and reflected more attentively because mm-hmm. I'll be invited into the conversation. I mm-hmm. actually liked the angle there. I'm not sure I, I like the implementation. Uh, I think there's some risk of social <laughs> hermiting, but I like the idea of pretending to be a ghost. So one of the strategies that I saw that is also gamifying it that I thought was actually a really great idea is to think of the conversation like a game of catch. So when you're asked a direct question, it's uh, it's your ball, like you've caught the ball. So now you get to talk and then you wait a second and you look at that person and then you throw them the ball, (laughs) Yeah, you know, and let them talk. And then it kind of goes back and forth. So, okay, now I have the ball, so it's time for me to talk. And I thought that that was really creative because I know that so many ADHDers like that visual. They like having a story, you know, to relate to. And I thought that was great. Like, have you, did you ever see, have you ever seen You have the ball now. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I'm taking it right now because (laughs) I have ADHD. So uh, have you ever seen the movie Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead? No, I've never it, even heard of it. It's an alternate, like alternate perspective version of Hamlet, and it's a comedy. And so you're following these two completely side characters, but they're the protagonists in this. It was a play and then a movie. And in this movie, they play this game of questions on a tennis court, right? And so they actually do make it a literal game where the person loses when they respond to a question with a statement. And that has fueled me in so many awkward situations when I can't figure out what to say. I just, in my head, play this game of questions. When somebody asks a question, I have I respond with another question and it becomes Mm -hmm. a volley. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it takes real practice, but it's a fun way to think about not keeping the ball too long. Right. It's like you will not keep the ball too long if you know that you have to throw it by asking a question. It's a metaphorical ball. Yeah. 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 But it's the same concept. I think it's great. Yeah. I like that. What else do you like here, Pete, that you found? Oh, (laughs) I think I I think I've already vomited up my most exciting parts. Uh, (laughs) I I think there is uh, the uh, we've talked about it before, the idea of taking a break uh, of Mm -hmm. of like uh, using the tools that you have to measure your pauses in a mm-hmm. conversation, right? To to actually, like, one of the reasons we keep talking if we don't like silence is because we're not aware of time, because we're time blind. And it can be useful to just say, like, look at your watch in your head and watch the second hand go by for three seconds and actually use that to notice that your mouth is not moving and celebrate that before you start talking again. Use mm-hmm. some sort of mechanical device uh, or a count or tapping your leg so you feel something that isn't your mouth to remind you it's not your turn anymore or you have monopolized something. It's time to take a break. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that uh, we've talked about, this was around communication on the phone. Do you remember when we were we talked about the phone? We in did. one of our shows. And uh, 
one of the tips there, I think, apply here is when you are going to have a conversation, especially if it's going to be a meaningful conversation, like something you have to plan for. So it's not mm -hmm. just spontaneous, like at a party, but it's, you know, with your boss or whatever, um, to actually do a little bit of pre-work, especially if you think you talk too much. This is, I think, especially relative to the people who are interviewing, like for a new job is to think about what are the key points that you want to say yeah. and have those in front of you to be sort of your guide, you know, to, to keep you on task and, and um, focused on where you want the conversation to be. So I think there's some, the, uh, some value in practicing that and role-playing, you know, with other people um, and see how you come across and be able to refine that before you actually have the conversation. Yeah, right. Right. I think to that end, sometimes I, you know, when I'm going to a social event, I, I spend time in the car preparing my stories, right? Mm -hmm. Because the, the, the idea of going in cold is risky because I'll, I'll tell all the stories and right. all uh, the things. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell all the stories, but if I go in and say, Hey, um, you know, if I say like an hour before, here's where I'm going, here are the kinds of people who are at this event, let me take a minute and and talk to myself and talk through mm -hmm. the kinds of stories that might be might be useful in a social situation to get people thinking or laughing or talking amongst themselves. Like, how can I prepare for that? Because I know that on the fly, I'm at I'm at risk of embarrassing myself and others. I'm a danger mm -hmm. to myself and others. <laughs> You're a danger. I yeah. wouldn't go that far. Yeah. I mean, at some point, <laughs> but yeah, I might tell yeah. the tapeworm story. And that just risks disgusting okay, people. Yeah. It really is gross. Um, okay. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> That's a little Easter egg. Somebody's going to ask for the tapeworm story now. And yeah. I'm going to have to tell it in a half. I know. Hour. But Get you ready. don't need to with me. Yeah. Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. <laughs> Alrighty then. So as we keep talking about these things, um, <laughs> oh, I know what I was going to say. See, I, my memory is really off today. The the practicing with someone you trust, and this goes on to my original question from, you know, the, when we first started the show, is how do you tell someone that they're talking too much or too fast without offending them? And let me say in the chat room, if you're a Patreon uh, member, you could join the live stream chat room. And let me say nobody has chimed in apart from our own Melissa, who says that I do, in fact, talk too much uh, about me, not about her. Uh, and so no, no one is no one is helping <laughs> answer this question. No, no. So, so I, this is this is a thing that I think is really important is is. Well, I don't you go ahead first. I have a. I'm going to think about myself first. Well, no, I just am saying on a personal level, because I may have people in my home that this yeah. happens and I would love to know how to approach it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and, but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and I don't want people to get shut down or think that I don't want to hear it all or yeah. that I don't care because I do, I do. Well, this is what I think so, is really important is that you think first, not about the message you're trying to send, but about what would cause pain. Right. And for me, right. that's always being called out in public. Right. Having yeah. having somebody say something public or having some sort of disruptive event 
happen in the conversation, like being interrupted in a way that is somehow disruptive in order to take me away from the event, right? Or um, like being rude, you mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Or being, being kind being of rude like to sarcastic. Or... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes that has to happen. And we haven't talked at all about, you know, the effects of substances on overtalking and ADHD. And that, um, you know, if you've been drinking, you might need to be rudely interrupted. Uh, but... That's true. We didn't talk about that, but that was actually brought up in one of the articles that I read is yeah. that like alcohol or drug consumption can definitely increase, you know, what, how much you're talking and what's being said. And then your all of your impulses at that yes. point can be altered. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that makes a big difference. That's it. Uh, and so I think that's really important to make, to, to make note of, but for me, uh, I, I'll, I'll, again, I'll make it personal. If, if I am talking too much and somebody that knows me, pulls me aside and says, hey, you've got a lot going on right now in your brain. You might want to take a breather, take a minute mm -hmm. and, and listen, uh, because there are some other really interesting things going on that you might, you know, you might benefit from hearing. Mm -hmm. This this might be the time to do it, right? Who can be kind of gentle about it. Um, and if if I'm presented with that kind of opportunity, that's that's pretty useful. I mm -hmm. sometimes talk to my son that way, uh, who deals with with this as well, which is, you know, hey, you've got a lot going on in your brain and your mouth right now. And let's take a minute and see what other people have to say, but never in front so, of others. No. And that actually helps me to think about like, because uh, I have a very fast talker um, in my home. But I think it allows what you just said allows me to think, okay, what if I just said, Hey, I'm not following you. You know? Yeah. Because then it's about me and what I'm not, you know, what I'm not getting, but yeah, not, not on her. Like, I don't want her to feel bad. Yeah. But I'm not and, following it. And part of it is I'm not following you. And that means there's a chance others aren't. Right. 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 And, and so to make that connection, especially if you're new to being, you know, um, adjusted like that in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I can tell you, okay, this actually just came up to me too with coaching groups. So one of the things about being a, a, a leader in a coaching group, which I'm leading, right. I'm guiding is I do have to sometimes pull people out of the conversation that they're in so that we can get back onto the topic. And I try to do that very delicately so that it doesn't offend anyone. And so uh, what I will do when I have to is I will have to interrupt them and say, okay, I, you know, get where you're going and maybe we can talk about this in our, in between our sessions, you know, we use discord for communication, give them another option, mm -hmm. but try to, you know, get them to kind of come back. And a lot of times people really appreciate it. I don't think I've ever had anybody that's really been offended by it. So now that we're talking about it, I can kind of see where in my own personal world, where I've had to do that to kind of keep things on track. And other people tend to appreciate it too, because they're there. They may be noticing that what's supposed to be a topic is getting completely washed because we're talking about something that's not that topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's delicate. I mean, it's hard because we all have the tendency to do it, but it's very difficult to hear that you're doing it. 
Yeah, it is. And, and you know, question from the chat room. Uh, how do you circumvent an over-talker in a group setting where the talker is monopolizing a conversation that is supposed to be time for everyone? It, I, I think that is that That's is exactly what I'm talking about. Question. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. It, it is so true. And it is so hard, especially as a, a, a group monitor or whatever um, leader. leader yeah. But yeah, it, especially when you're with ADHDers, because everybody wants to talk or you get those that don't want to talk, but we want them into the conversation. So it's also a, a, my job to kind of focus on them, too. Right. And give them an opportunity to talk. And uh, yeah, it's it's tricky um, for sure. I You know, it's just interesting because I'm thinking about if you're that person and you're feeling like you're talking too much, what are some other things that you can do? And I, I you know, I think that awareness piece is just so important that you pause for a moment, even if it's just for a second. Yeah. And think about what do I really want to say? And something else that came to my mind that help, helps me is I don't have to keep repeating the same thing. If they have a question, they'll ask. Yes. So I try not to repeat things, but I still do. I know I, 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 know I do in this show. So Sure. People, I'm sure, will be able to get recordings that say, well, Nikki, you repeated this three times. Well, of course I did. Well, and what's, <laughs> right? what's funny is I have the luxury of being able to look at the the sound form, the waveform of both of us on this show and see yeah. how much people talk in relation with a guest, too, you know, depending on right. the, the guest. It's it's really interesting to to look at those patterns. I think this goes back to practice. And and you have a, a section in the outline you want to talk about challenges and homework. And I'm I, feel like this is a good time to just review some ideas for things we can do to keep these things mindful for us. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think that, again, it goes back to awareness. So role playing with someone that you trust before important conversations. Uh, if there's somebody in your life, like a partner or um a sibling or your daughter or son, or I mean, anybody that you're living with that you trust, practicing with them and having an agreement that when you are talking, if you notice that's, you know, you are talking too much or too fast, having some kind of signal or having some kind of agreement up front of what to do when this happens. So you're not calling them on it. Like it's not going to be a surprise. Um, We've talked about outlining what you want to say before you go into like an important conversation. You know, I also think it's important to after the fact, because a lot of times you're not going to notice these things until after you're sitting there and thinking about it. But think about how or what happened to your body when you were talking too much. It's probably some kind of excitement or maybe you're frustrated. But if you can kind of start to understand your signals it also can give you that pause button that, oh, wait, this is like stirring up emotion here. Mm -hmm. So before I say anything, I need to kind of pause. Um, so we've talked about a lot of different things, slowing down this whole game of gamification. I love the ball passing back and forth. Yeah. I think it's a great way to practice. Um, so my I'm challenge. Oh, go ahead. I just have one more thing I want to add yeah. before your challenge. And I, I think we have actually an interesting opportunity when you look at our, uh, you know, in, in our community and the, the multiple times we have to get members of the community together, voice to voice and face to face. Um, the 
the opportunity to think, and probably this is because I think in terms of like scatter charts and connected mm -hmm. diagrams, right? And so, you know, I'll, I'll have a conversation topic in mind and there will be five other things that I could talk about that are loosely related and then another level out and they're not related at all. And what my brain wants to do is talk, is, is follow the chains like the hot mm -hmm. topic chain, right? Suddenly we're talking about the stock market and my son's summer job. The, uh, the act of practicing going into one of these social engagements and saying to myself, what is the most important thing that I need to say and be and, and practice finding awareness in where you've jumped to a new topic? Sometimes that's so fluid, you can't even see it. But right. if you practice thinking about I'm making a connection here that is loosely and increasingly less related to uh, to the topic that I started with, that's that's what you practice every day. That's mm -hmm. what you practice in conversations. And and I I was thinking about happy hour. You know, at, at the mm -hmm. uh, in in our Patreon group, you know, we have this face to face happy hour. Like, what a great opportunity to practice because one thing we do every time is give us the life update. What's going on right. in your life? Maybe that's an a, a way to practice for those who are members to come in and think, okay, what is the most important thing that I haven't talked about since last month so that I don't monopolize the conversation because we all ask questions. And before you know it, an hour right. has gone by and we've just focused on one person, which is sometimes great and organic and awesome. But if you come with something else you want to talk about, you know, sometimes it's hard. Right, right, so, right. Practice. Well, absolutely. Practice and you know, something else that I want to add, and I think it's really important, is that we separate the ADHD symptom from who you are as a person. And so when that shame comes up, I really want people to think, okay, that was the ADHD that got Pete thinking about the hot topic. Yeah. Like, that's not Pete being rude or Pete not caring about what I have to say, or, you know, that's just Pete doing his thing. And you have to like, as a person, be okay with that. Like it, it is what it is and not try, you know, try your hardest not to get down in that shame spiral because it's just part of how you're thinking. And none of these, none of these tips are going to make it go away completely. Right. We're not, this is not a cure all to this thing. It's stuff to practice exactly what Pete is saying. And sometimes you're going to get it right. And sometimes you're not. And I'm just asking you that you see that as being just an ADHD symptom. It's just, it got in your way that day and, yeah, and yeah. be able to, to recover from that. We do. We run into a lot of people in the community who have a lot of shame around this trait that they know yes. they have and they fight dealing with. But I would I with you. I don't yeah. necessarily think you want to strive to get rid of it. I think you want no, to be aware no. of it. It makes you right. who you are in many, it many does. wonderful and, circumstances. Well, and it can make you so creative and exciting. I mean, there's yeah, absolutely. So my kind of homework for people listening to this, I know we've talked a lot. You're probably going to have to look at the transcript, but what are some things that you want to try and practice and pay attention to? And please let us know as a person with ADHD, how would you want to be told from someone that maybe this is something to work on without being offended? And yeah. I would love to know what you have to say. And once we have some responses, we'll share those you know, we'll come, we'll come back to the show and share what people have to say, because I think, you know, with someone who doesn't have ADHD, but lives with people with ADHD, I want to know what you have to say. This is really important. I want to know. So please help me. 
because this is not in the research. Right, right. This is awesome. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you, Nikki. This was thank you, Pete. Right. Thank you for uh, it, allowing me my own uh, <laughs> little tour of my brain. And um, thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. If you have something to contribute to the conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel in the Discord server. You can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level. Uh, you know, and it also gets you access to the live stream, which is really, really great. That's where good stuff happens. And we've had such a wonderful, energetic group today. It's, it's fun to reflect on that. Uh, but thank you all for your time and attention. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. And we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.